0: Comics in Motion is thrilled to be partnering with Humble to become Humble Partners. If you follow the link in the show notes, you'll be taken to Humble Bundle, where you can get some access to some amazing stuff. Digital comics, digital books, video games, coding manuals. The amount of stuff that you can get there is obscene. Plus, you get it at a ridiculous discount. So here's what you need to do. Click that link. Go to Humble Bundle. Not only are you going to get great stuff at a great deal, but you're also going to support a charity and you're going to help Comics in Motion keep the lights on. So click the link, go to Humble Bundle, get yourself some amazing stuff. Thanks.
1: To the Batmobile. Let's go. Come on, Bob. For old time's huh? Harley Quinn. Nice to meet (laughs) you. Pardon my French. Fuck those fuckers.
0: Character ever, but you should never meet your heroes because honestly, he's a bit of a dick. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret, Captain. I am
1: inevitable.
2: Alright, welcome everybody to another episode of the Comics in Motion podcast.
3: I'm one of your hosts, Chris Phelps, and my co-host and very good friend is Mr. Dave Horrocks. Hey there, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to Comics in Motion TV and movie reviews for shows that are based on comic books. Myself, I'll be reviewing from the perspective of a long-time comic book reader. And I'll be reviewing from the TV and movie perspective. And what we also love to do is we also love to spoil the hell out of everything we review. So if you haven't watched our choice of the week, then I'd advise you to proceed with caution. And remember, with an average podcast comes no responsibility. Now, Chris, what is it we're going to review this week? Well, Dave, we're going with
2: the 1989 Dolph Lundgren-led The Punisher.
3: Now... One of the reasons for doing this, I, I kind of had this on the list for ages, and then we had Kevin from We See the World in A Dots uh, across on Max's show, and they were covering a, a Punisher story there, and I thought, oh, let's—you know—I've been wanting to do this Dolph Lundgren Punisher for uh, for a while, so let's get ahead and, and start looking at it. So, do you actually remember this one from the time, or, or was, was this a new one on you?
2: It's the first time I've ever watched it this time, David, I think I remember the VHS cover completely. I always remember seeing it. Always knew it was never a fantastic movie. At the, You know, at the time, it just wasn't on my radar at all. It just did, did nothing for me. I, and I think a bit, a bit strange, really, how I've never seen it. Because I just you know at the time I probably would have enjoyed it, but yeah, it just passed me by to be honest. And I don't think even back then, once Dolph Lundgren had done Rocky Four, he was pretty much a B movie actor here and in. I know he's done Expendables and he was in Aquaman, but he's he's never done anything really to cement himself as a great actor. And that he was just a big behemoth. One, so it looked good. I didn't know anything about the Punisher when these come out at all. I didn't know anything about the character. So yeah, just it just never was something I wanted to pick up.
3: Yeah, so I was probably the opposite. I've told this story before that I remember as a young kid, you know, people giving me comics and things, and and I don't I couldn't even tell you what those stories were at the time. I remember having this Justice League type comic, and and I remember Firestorm being in there, and you know he had this big fl- these big flames coming out of his head, and I thought, oh, he looks so cool, and he was my favorite sort of comic book character at the time you know apart from obviously the the well-known sort of superman and uh batman and what have you but it was it was in 1986 when i grabbed up a a a copy of classic x-men number one which was a reprint of giant size that was when it, it got the whole team of like wolverine and colossus and storm appeared there as well nightcrawler that that And that just that team book just grabbed me, and then that was it. I was I was sucked into the comics world. Then so three years later, after this, you get the Punisher coming out, and I think I this was like a time when anti heroes really kind kind of came to the forefront, wasn't it? You know, certainly in the comic book world, you've got you know the Christopher Reeve Superman, you know the the Boy Scout type superhero who's whiter than white. And, and even Batman, you know, his kind of layers, that, that would also come out in 1989, wouldn't it? Before that, you just had the Adam West Batman to go off. So um, I, I really like the idea of this Punisher character. And so, you know, obviously, I wasn't going to be able to get into the cinema to watch this one, but uh, watched it on VHS, and I remember really quite enjoying it. And also, I thought the soundtrack was brilliant. There's a song by Biohazard, which I might play a little bit of at the end of the show, but just really gritty, kind of heavy metal music. I was kind of into all that at the time as well. And so I I absolutely loved it. But um, I think watching it now, I I just remember how um, slow-paced some of these movies are. (laughs) (laughs) I remember it being a lot more action-packed than I think it actually was.
2: Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because, you know, we we have gone across all our, you know, the VHS as well sort of crosses over with comics at times, doesn't it, Dave? Because we could have almost done this on the VHS Strikes Back. But, yeah, yeah, I I know exactly what you mean. And, And it's all budget restraints, isn't it? Like, look at Superman 2. You know I absolutely love that movie. But, obviously when you watch it and you take a step back, even me with my goggles on, that I love that movie, there's not loads of action, is there? There's a lot of dialogue, there's a lot of set pieces, there's, there's a lot of... Stuff that doesn't really mean anything at times, but they had to, didn't they? Because obviously it's not going to be, you know, fast forward to two thousand the 2010s forward and the movies are just literally from the start to finish. You don't get to breathe, do you? You look at Infinity War, Endgame, you know, there's not massive lulls in these movies. So this, as a... You know, so, and obviously at this time, David, in his infancy, sort of taking off, comic book stuff. You know, we'd had like, like I said, we've had the Superman stuff. We've had Batman '89 this year. We'd had, you know, it's the crappy Spider-Man from '78, which we reviewed. You know, Wonder Woman. They were always sort of joke characters, weren't they? So th- this uh, for I, its time.
3: I think I think you're missing the uh, the classic 1986 movie as well, Howard the Duck. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> You were going to correct me then, you fucker, right? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> that was that was like the first big, you know, big budget Marvel movie, wasn't it? How the dog eighty six fucking load of shit,
2: <laughs> right? Anyway, but, but no, no, but, but <laughs> I was trying to be serious, and you've me then. No, no I'm joking. <laughs> but but yeah, you you're right. You know every. But, Dave, to be fair, Howard the Duck was a bit of a fucking joke. Even in 86, I remember watching the trailers and thinking, I am not watching this crap. <laughs> and I wasn't even into it. I mean, you've got pictures of me when I was a kid, three, four years old, Spider-Man pajamas on, Hulk pajamas, even though I was petrified of the Hulk, Superman, or even, Dave, Bloody 41. I've got Superman uh, lounge pants that I wear probably, uh, at least once a week. So, you know, I've, <laughs> nothing changes with that love of the superheroes. But this just didn't... One, it doesn't correlate that it was to do with a comic, because I just didn't know. And I just think... I, I don't know. I, I I think... I know it sounds daft this day, because it was done 37, 36 years ago. But Dolph Lundgren, for me, Dave, peaked in Rocky Four, And that was his... I am stereotyped from here on in character for me. He'll never change from being Ivan Drago. So, I don't think I, w- I would have invested watching this just because of that. Thinking I just and plus he's got to put some sort of American accent on. And let's be honest, he's as stiff as a fucking uh, ironing board. Any he, day he's not. <laughs>
3: he's not the best actor at all. You know, I watched him on uh, I have his interview with Scott Adkins, and I didn't realise it. I think he was in a View to a Kill. I think it was. You know the uh, the Bond movie. Oh, he was he was going out with Grace Jones, wasn't he? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. And it was through that, and I think because he's like, a, I can't remember. I think he's got a PhD in mechanical engineering or something like yeah. that, hasn't he? So yeah, he did. He was studying in California, or In that on New yeah. York? And yeah. And I, and I think it's it's really interesting, like hearing him. But I think through going out with Grace Jones and doing a bit of modelling and stuff, you know that. He sort of decided. Hmm, these these movie things were quite interesting to get into, but yeah, I, I think. I mean, that's his iconic role. That, you know, we did uh, He Man as well. Obviously, he was, he was in that as well, wasn't it? Yes. And, uh, you know, because there isn't another He Man, you know, at the minute. If he, if you think of a live action He Man, he he's it, isn't he? So I, I think that's not quite as high as Ivan Drago, but I think yeah, it, it's hard to. It's hard to deny that Ivan Drago isn't his iconic role just because of the way he towered over uh, Sylvester Stallone. He was just huge, wasn't he? Just everything about him in height, in width. He obviously bulked up a lot for that role. And uh, yeah, I, I think, I, I don't think his performance in this quite lives up to Ivan Drago, nor anything else he's done, quite honestly.
2: No, and, and you know what, Dave? You, you touched on that Scott Adkins uh, interview. They're all on YouTube it's a brilliant interview. And you know what, Dave? Every time I see Dolph Lundgren, he's so humble. You yeah. know, he's a Swede and everyone thinks he's Russian or German and that he's from Sweden. And when he talks about like, he, it's just great. at listening to him talk for an hour about how he had to train with Stallone and Bull up and everything. And there was other six foot five blonde guys there in the lift. One, they we were auditioning for the part and all this. And how he got to get in shape for different movies and, and his, his karate career because he was a competitive He's like a world champion karate, was day he, Dave, at, at one point? He went over to Japan and, and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. he, thought he was a national karate champion, whatever he was, but he, he he fought at a good level. There's plenty of videos of him online there where, where he's gone and challenged some of like these Japanese champions. And a very, very nice guy, Dave, and, and completely shows, as much as I'm saying he's a bad actor, He's Ivan Drago stuff, you fucking hate him. Even now you hate him, you're like, oh, you bastard, you hate him, what he did to Apollo Creed and all that. And And I think, it's just so it adds a bit of a meat on the bones for me for Dolph long time. I've had not, I've never had respect for him, but just listening to him, what a good guy he is, and just like being a normal person, that goes a long way for me, Dave, to be invested in some of the movies. I mean, one of the movies we needed on the VHS, and I loved years ago, and I know we're on comics today, is the one with Brandon Lee, Dave. Did you ever see oh, that one? yeah, No,
3: he seemed almost a bit, not embarrassed about it, but it, it Seems like it's you know incredibly cheesy from what he was saying.
2: Yeah, I, it, it might be. Now it might be terrible. I genuinely loved it years ago. I can't the name. Um, I can't remember the name, but I thought it was quite a good movie because Brandon Lee was building a career for himself, wasn't it? Then, like the Crow and things like that. So yeah, it wasn't horrendous, but I'm sure it's terrible now, Dave. But yeah, let, just let, let's not forget
3: about Universal Soldier as well.
2: Oh, oh, he's good in that. Sorry, you're right. With, he is good with John claude Van Damme. Very good, actually, Dave. He is, again, though, a menacing baddie. Doesn't say a lot, but he uses his frame really well, doesn't he? He's, he is good in Universal Soldier. Give yeah,
3: that. I just remember him with all the ears, you know, the yeah. necklace of ears and stuff. No, I, th- I think he was a pretty good baddie in that as well. Yeah, I agree with that, Dave. That's that's another one we'll have to get on the list, Dave. That's a great film. Yeah. Now, before we get into it, Chris, I, I, I thought what was interesting as well is, at the time, so this, this movie is produced by New World Pictures, which, you know, parent company is New World Entertainment, who also, at this time, owned Marvel. So they basically, you know, this is a precursor to the MCU, essentially.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting that day. Really interesting because it was this an eighteen or a fifteen or an R rating? I take it there, there is bits of blood isn't there, in there and gore. So, presume a fifteen or what have? Thought.
3: I've got a feeling this might have been an eighteen in the UK, um, mm. but then I might be thinking of the later movies as well. I can't see it on IMDb. Oh, God, yeah.
2: No, the later ones were, Dave, weren't they? They were. Uh, Gruesome, yeah. And we've got a few. We've got a few of them on our list, don't we, to review on their comics as well.
3: Yeah, yeah. Warzone in particular that's definitely a, an eighteen. Yeah, I can't actually see here. I, I'm thinking it was either a fifteen or a, or an eighteen. It would have been R-rated in the in the US, wouldn't it? Yeah, definitely. Now, Chris, should we get into our trailer? Let's go.
1: If society won't punish. The guilty, Uh, he will. You see this board here? Every time he kills somebody, I put a red pin in it. So far, the only thing that I've got to show for is these little calling cards here and a whole bunch of these.
3: Let me tell you something about this Punisher. If he ever shows up within one thousand yards of me, he'll find out
1: what the word punished really means. He defends the innocent, but if you're guilty, he gives no warning and shows no mercy. What the hell is this trouble? Adolph Lundgren, Lewis Gossett Jr.
3: Mr. P, happy hunting!
1: The Punisher. Justice with a vengeance.
3: Ex-Marine Frank Castle is a former underco- undercover police detective whose wife Julia was killed five years ago, along with their daughters Annie and Felice by a mafia car bomb that was intended for Frank, who is also presumed dead. Castle has since become the city's most wanted and mysterious vigilante, known as the Punisher. Now, Chris, this is on uh, Amazon Prime, and if you know German, then you can quite happily watch it in German. <laughs> but obviously, we had to watch it. There's a copy on YouTube, isn't there? So yeah. what, did you, what did you make to the <laughs> opening of this movie when we realised it was in German and then switched across to YouTube?
2: Well, Dave, if you remember, Mr. <laughs> Excited Day, you know, I, I remember, message, it was months ago, Wanted, it? i said, oh, I had yeah. polishers on. And I sent it, yeah, and you remember, <laughs> you must be going... It's in fucking German. And I'd not even watched it. I just saw the start of it where they're coming out the courthouse and stuff. And I'm like, it's fucking not. It's on Amazon Prime UK. Yep. There's obviously an error somewhere because it's in fucking German. <laughs> so the- <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. But yeah, so the- you are right, Dave. There's a full-length version on YouTube. Um, yeah, I mean, it sounds daft, but... You don't get a lot of meat on Frank's backstory, do you? You just get flashbacks about the car bomb. He's there fighting crime against these guys. He's the mysterious punisher. I mean, he stands and poses for the crowd and you get like almost this sort of Bigfoot type silhouette, don't you, with the smoke sort of half on his face and he walks off and he's just going round. I think what... What I have an issue with it more than anything is, Dave, that Dolph is just so wooden. And obviously he's got the brown hair, so he looks completely different to what we used to. And his American accent is poor. I know he's Swedish, and I'm not saying I can do a great American accent, but for a feature-length movie, he does a lot of brooding and fucking staring at people and looking really mean, but doesn't... He hasn't got the... um, Use I, it sounds tough, but he, he doesn't do the right facial expressions for some of the things he's trying to articulate. So when you're trying to invest in him as a character, I find it really difficult, Dave. I'm just like, I just don't care what you're fucking saying, and, and he doesn't. I just don't think he pulls off Frank at all. That physically brilliant. I know John Burfell is amazing. I love him in the you know the recent series that's on, but he's only about five eight five nine. Is the Punisher? Dolph Lundgren a big guy, six four, and he's six five. Perfect frame, Dave. But I just think this movie's so slow, and just re- it's just fucking boring to be honest. Listen all the way
3: through. Yeah, there's there's just not not a great. I mean, there's, you get individual fight scenes, don't you? But uh, the overall story is very slow paced. I find. I also think you know at the time I, I really liked it, but there just wasn't much else you know in the comic book space that was that was live action and and accessible. So, you know, it talked about Superman and Batman came out that same year as well. I I sort of chuckled a bit bit about Howard the Duck, but I was never into Howard the Duck, quite honestly, Chris. So, (laughs) you know, to get an actual anti-hero type comic book character on screen, at the time I was lapping it up. Now I'm looking at it, and I'm coming around to your way of thinking, I think, though, I just think the best cast Punisher for me out of all the movies and TV is, is John Bernthal. And now if I, if I think of the Punisher live action, I do think of John Bernthal and, and like you say, it's, it's not Dolph Lundgren's fault. You know, he's Swedish. Um, you know, he's, he's not American and, and probably if they were to do that today, you might have like dialect coaches and things that, that work on how everything sounds, but you know, he's just got this weird mishmash uh, voice and, and do you not think as well Chris it, I don't know if it's fr- just because Ivan Drago's his most iconic role I just think is he trying to sound like Sylvester Stallone there yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean it I can understand well. him you know so he sounds a bit better than Stallone but just like the the tone of it and the, the sl- slight slurriness in the voice I, I just think—are you just thinking that's what a, a lead actor should sound like?
2: You know what? That's a very good point. And and I th- you know what, Dave, Yeah, because you know we had Cobra, didn't we? Is that around about eighty six? I mean, that's a film we'll have to do at some point. But yeah, maybe he's gone back on that, Dave, because Cobra's not far away from the Punisher, is he? You know. So so I think I, I tell you what I found interesting watching this, Dave. It was like watching one of Seagal's films. So obviously, Seagal is six foot five. Dolph Lundgren's about the same in height. The continuity of these bad guys, they're all fucking midgets. So when he's <laughs> fighting people, it look you know what you said about, and you're right, you look at Rocky IV and Stallone, never in a million years was ever, ever big enough to be a heavyweight boxer, was he? He was yeah. a middleweight at best in real life. Continuity. Carl Weathers, yeah. Mr. T, probably not. He was probably super middleweight. Ivan Drago, yes, he was a heavyweight. You could get away with them, maybe... Cal Weathers could have been a cruiserweight, but there's no way that it was right, and it was the David v Goliath thing. So we bought into it. Rocky was on his ass; he was against this absolute machine beating. In this, every guy he fights. I mean, I watched. I think it was Nico. What's the start of Nico the other day where they go into the 7-Eleven and you've got these little, they're like Mexican gangbangers, Dave. They must be five foot five is the tallest <laughs> out of four of them. And Seagal is just clotheslining the fuck out of these people. Oh, using all that I bullshit. remember that scene. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He lets the fucking cash register guy who owns the supermarket get blown away, doesn't even react, and then just kicks the shit out of all of them, hitting them with like shotgun barrels and all this stuff. This is what this feels like with Dolph Lundgren. There's no bad guy in this movie that can stand to him physically, Dave. I know he has a few ninja bits, and he has a fight, don't he, with one of the girls who's a ninja, and you've got them two um, Asian guys who are big guys. You can see the train and everything, but nobody... I just don't feel at any point, even when he's getting captured, and that, that Frank's in trouble, and it's really embarrassing watching because he's literally... Playing with him like you see a cat playing with a rat or a mouse, Dave. You know, just maybe not a rat because they're a vicious little bastard, but like a mouse, you know, only just <laughs> yeah. toying with him.
3: Yeah. It yeah. was like
2: that, like a Tom and Jerry type thing. It just it was just really unconvincing, sadly. I just I felt for him, Dave, we we're almost at the levels of fucking Bennett in commando, because he will <laughs> always be the worst bad guy. <laughs> That's Freddie anyway. Mercury, you mean? Yeah, we always <laughs> go on about it, but he does. You've got Arnie who's a fucking specimen, and then you've got this fucking guy who looks like he's just stepped off the YMCA stays David and these <laughs> these bad guys in this were terrible they were terrible
3: you know it's funny you mentioned Cobra and I, I think I often think if you look at Cobra you could be forgiven for thinking oh he's sort of taking off the Punisher there <laughs> but do you remember which uh, which script it, Cobra was based off initially where, where the uh where the storylines kind of diverged
2: Oh, we we've, t- we've talked about this, haven't we? Is it something like it's not Diard or lethal weapon? Or, it's something. It's close. I, know, I, it's I, I
3: close. close. You'll kick it, yourself. It's Beverly Bev- Hills Cop. Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you, you saying it, Dave. Yeah. You just think, Christ, you would never see that. But but you know, if you didn't cast Eddie Murphy and you cast Sly Stallone, Beverly Hills Cop would be something like Cobra. It's just it's just mad to think about, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it is. Oh, I remember now. You're right. He, he, Stallone wanted to change it, didn't he? He didn't want it to be like a comedy and stuff, did he? He wanted yeah. it to be
3: all yes, super serious yes. and stuff. Yeah. So, so he just took out all the comedy and made Cobra. And I have to say, Sly, how's that working out for you? <laughs>
2: <laughs> There's an iconic vehicle he's got in it. The vehicle's amazing he's got in Cobra, but that's about it. I,
3: I, I do want to go back and watch that one, but you know, you can't argue that um, Beverly Hills Cop with with Eddie Murphy leading it, it is just. The superior film for me. Yeah. But without a doubt. I have to say, Chris, as well, I, I do think this this borrows quite heavily from another comic book property. Um, certainly for when we we first meet Castle when he's kind of naked and oiled up down in the sewers. Kind of reminded me a little bit of the Ninja Turtles. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Nick Fury agent the shield. <laughs>
3: Where we're were going to be punching where was, a wall. It was Hasselhoff oiled up and naked.
2: <laughs> no, I mean, when they find him in that cave, Dave,
3: and oh, he's right, wall,
2: all right, you know right. that? <laughs> yeah, you're right, yeah. Well, the Turtles come out around about this time, Dave, 90, 89, 90 of the film.
3: Yeah, it, but it, it, yeah. Su- I can't remember which year it was. I'm sure they were out, you know, they were out of the comics before that. Oh, yeah, cartoons were. The cartoons as well, but the cartoons even preceded that. The comics preceded the cartoons. I'm sure. Yes. Um, yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. See, eighty four. Eighty four to Say,
2: yeah, yeah, eighty four. The turtles.
3: Yeah. yeah so, but I, th- I thought it was an interesting choice because, uh, got to say, Chris in the comics, he's not, he's not living in the fucking sewers and oiled up and naked. But I guess if you're a massive action star, you know, you've paid for your big. Ivan Drago, you kind of want to see him naked and and get a bit of that buff body, I guess.
2: Yeah, and no,
3: it's not what very hygienic gonna... as well, though, is it? You know, fucking, no, he's in the sewers.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's not. And you're right, Dave. You know the the comic background. I don't know it. I just I get what they're going for. These grittiness. It's like. Louis Gossett Jr. I didn't realise he was such a tall guy. Louis Gossett Jr. I remember from Iron Eagle, very yeah. subtle 80s movies. He's always that sidekick in here, the supporting actor. You know, he's the cop who's sort of, he was Frank's partner and that. And he just about acts in this, probably better than anybody, and that's that's we're on a fine fucking ledge at this point, but, you know, he comes and and he sees Frank Dunny for the first time, and he's crying with him. He's like, oh, my God, you know, where where have you been? You've you've killed over 125, you know, these gangsters and all this stuff, and I I think I get it, and I get what the the story's supposed to be. You can see it coming like someone smacks you in the face that Louis Scott's character, Jake, is going to somehow let Frank off in here or he's gonna somehow come to his rescue and so you know it's all gonna it's so obvious it was even though it's based on the Punisher it's proper 80s DNA stuff the good guy gone rogue who's you know he's, he's gone vigilante we've seen it so many times even though the Punisher is a prophet that's been out for years before this this is like we've seen it Dave, you know, even fucking Deathwish Wish with Charles Bronson thing. You see it all the time, don't you? Where they just, the whole rationale changes and they just become like absolutely maniacal because of something that's happened with the family. Usually yeah. wife or kid getting killed. And this is, this is just an 80s DNA movie. No, he's out for revenge. It's just, if you took the Punisher away from this, this would just be any
3: normal run of the mill 80s movie, really. And I think, it, I think that's what it's trying to be. I mean, they, they don't particularly lean into the comics. They don't particularly take, you know, you get like Jigsaw and stuff, don't you, in uh, in the TV show. And, yeah. you know, they borrow a bit more heavily and you get the skull on the chest, you know, and, and stuff like that as, as the Punisher. But, you know, here it's just a black T-shirt, isn't it? So I, I think they're in and around this time, you know, unless you are Batman or Superman, I think they're just a bit, embarrassed about the comic book you know creative creations and and just sort of you know shying away from that and just treating it like a a regular run-of-the-mill action movie now i think i think there's a good film in here somewhere that has just gone wrong with editing and pacing and things because you think about it you know it's a decent old um motivation isn't it and that that is as always the frank Frank Castle's origin, you know, about his his family getting decimated by um the mob. I think the um what is interesting about this as well is it's not the usual origin story. You know, so we we've get a, a bit you know, more recently they've been mixing it up quite a bit, but for a long time it felt like, you know, through the kind of 2000s I'd say, origin movies were always the same. They were just sequentially told, you know, the the kind of um, Superman 78 sort of formula. Yeah. So you meet them when they're young and then you grow up and they get their powers and then they come in some kind of conflict and then act three, they save the day. That's that's your superhero formula, isn't it? Whereas here, you, you jump in and he's already the Punisher. He's already on the run. And, you know, he's this kind of rumor, you know, and people are not sure about whether he actually exists or not, or he's just made up. So I kind of appreciate that. I like the fact that you've got the mob who are, uh, you know, led by Franco, or uh, Franco's leading one of the families, and, you know, he's trying to unify the the families that are left because the punishers weaken them so much, though. You're getting the Yakuza, you know, encroaching on their territory and looking to take over and then kidnapping all the kids. I I think it's – this has the DNA – of a movie I think you'd really like.
0: Yes.
2: But, again, Dave, I always say this to you, your explanation of what's going on on the screen and how this story should go is far better than what I saw and probably yourself, because it doesn't explain it. I mean, Franco's the guy who arranges for Frank's family to be killed – and then because Franco's son has been captured and we're getting a bit of like fucking chitty chitty bang bang, you know, the fucking the child capture and they've got all these kids <laughs> together, aren't they? And these kids are <laughs> a bit of a wise ass, <laughs> isn't he? You know what I mean? <laughs> Tinky wink. <Don't worry. laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? So you've got you've got all that shit going on. But Frank then sides with Franco, doesn't he? You know, yeah. just because he has to, because obviously Frank gets put in jail, this one, like Louis Gossett's character, Jake says, look, you're gonna get killed, you're gonna execute, blah, blah, blah. And we get this ridiculous scene, don't they? Just where the stretch in Frank's body, on a stretch machine, and you can clearly see nothing is happening to Dolph London. He's got a great body, but nothing's stretching. Well, it, and he's like just
3: sort of stretching himself, isn't he? Just yeah. You know, getting a bit of a getting a bit of a massage sort of thing there.
2: Yeah, yeah. We see we see a cog turn on a fucking machine there, don't we? Like a a couple of cogs, and it's like, oh my god. And then he's then you've got the hobo tramp who's like Frank's fucking sort of drunk sidekick, he's on there for no reason as well on the stretching him. And it's like, and then they bring in Lewis Gossett Jr. who's a cop who from some reason has been now captured in the next scene where he was in the police station with Frank and, and Frank gets out. Like what may, i tell you what makes a laugh day. So when they're stretching is he's got, he's got a hasp thing on, on his hands with where, so he's got a proper thread there and he's got a nut on it. And when he starts spinning the nut to get the handcuff things off him, Right. It's The the nut on the thread is right down at the bottom like you would do if you turn it. He turns it about three times, right? And then the next minute, the next bit, within 10 seconds, he's took both of them off. (laughs) And that is just... The the leap of doing that is nonsense. And then, he obviously, he starts killing them all. And there is loads of... There is some graphic moments in this. I must give it credit for that. There's plenty of little bits of blood and everything Mm -hmm. in it and, and some killings. But, yeah... I think, I think the problem is as well is when Frank goes on his bike and there's one scene in a warehouse where he's riding up like a rampway in a bike, Dolph Lundgren looks massive on that bike. He yeah. looks like he's on some fucking, um, like you see at the circus or something. does not he, Dave? He looks like he's got on a kid's <laughs> motorbike. It looks really strange because he's such a big guy.
3: Yeah. No, he is a big bloke, isn't he? And like you say, the, the physicality, like, you know, in the comics, Frank Castle's a big bloke, and he kinda ha- he has to be. He's got no superpowers. He's just this badass ex-military guy, you know, who, who um, obviously looks after himself, you know, and, uh, you know, has to be quite physically intimidating. So, So I think you're right. I think the look of him or, or the body frame is perfect for Frank Castle. But I I don't know if it's because you just know that Dolph Lundgren is blonde and you know him so much from Ivan Drago. I just never quite buy the old boot polish on the hair. <laughs> it's yeah, just, yeah. It, it just looks wrong, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, it does. And and I think as well, what's interesting, Dave, is it kept reminding me slightly of when Dolph Lundgren's fighting in this. It reminded me a little bit of... Chuck Norris, you know, we, we said when we did on the VHS, didn't we, Missing in Action too. Chuck Norris was a world champion, karate, kickboxing, he's a jiu-jitsu, I think it's like a third Dan jiu-jitsu expert, everything, he's absolutely the business, a legit, even at 80, he'd probably still kick our arses nowadays, a legit um, world champion, right, he was mm-hmm. in martial arts. But when it comes onto the TV, he looks fucking terrible, doesn't it? You know, you need your Van Dam's, your Scott Adkins and stuff, Dave. The stuff Scott Adkins does in their movies are phenomenal. They would never work in real life, Dave. You'd yeah. probably get a couple of kicks off, and then you'd be getting put to the floor, wouldn't you? Really, it just wouldn't happen like that no one would stand off on you, so you could do these acrobatics. So he looks brilliant on TV, and it's almost like that with him because he was a karate champion and he fought a physical, you know, in physical tournaments. His kicks look terrible. It looks like he's never done karate. And and, and I don't mean that to be disrespectful because I've seen him doing Kata stuff, demonstrations, and, and I've seen him. He's done boxing matches and everything, Dave, a bit like a mm. Mickey Rourke where he's done like sort of amateur, semi-pro boxing matches. So he is a legit tough guy, but I just think he looks terrible. And I don't know whether that's because of the height and the people he's fighting against. So he's got to make like a kick to the stomach. Look really low, but they look like he's like he's had some sort of a hip replacement because he can't get his leg up high enough at times, and I don't know whether that's just the people and the stunt choreography,
3: but it looks really strange. Well, I guess a couple of things could be those massive fucking boots that he's wearing, (laughs) Um, but they actually (laughs) got they they didn't use stunt guys; they got real fighters in, so you know to to give it that sense of realism, and you know there was a bit of. like not conflict but you know the guys who they brought in didn't want to lose <laughs> you <know>? it's like <laughs> yeah but it's a movie um so I, don't, I can't remember quite how they got around it but this uh, uh these two guys the japanese one you know when you've got that kind of yeah, red yeah. room look um yeah yeah, they they didn't want to die because it would dishonor their family. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's like this is make believe, um, but they obviously well, convinced them in the end because they they shot the scene. But I I think it was interesting to take you know these real fighters. So you know some of those hits, I I think he he probably went back to his trailer pretty beat up. Some of those days, you know.
2: He, he probably did, Dave, and maybe that's why. Maybe we, we, they're almost like the Big Boss with Bruce Lee, wasn't it, where that guy had come to f- and fights him on the set, and the the story was that Bruce Lee and him, he's in Dragon, and I know they made it look really dra- dramatic yeah. in Dragon, but he did fight a guy when they were doing stunt choreography stuff, and it ended up being a proper fight, didn't it? Bruce Lee battered him, but they thought it was part of the movie.
3: So maybe it was a bit
2: like uh, that. I, I, don't know. I,
3: I remember it from Dragon. I, I didn't know what the actual truth of it was.
2: Yeah, the, the the guy, he was someone who he'd beaten. I think it was the guy, you know, the one who, when he's supposed to broke his back and he fights him, done in he? Yeah, the second yeah. time. That's the from uh,
3: Snake in the Monkey's Shadow.
2: Yeah, yeah, Snake in the <laughs> Monkey's Shadow. And I think the story was that his brother came on the set the year later for the big boss, and he was like an extra, and he was in the stunt thing and that. And then he basically, when they were doing some of the scenes, he ended up in a proper fight. I'm paraphrasing there, Dave, but I'm, a, I'm pretty certain that's what it was. And Bruce Lee and him had a proper scrap on the set. So um, that's what this, maybe that's what same. but that's just ridiculous because Scott Adkins, Dave, he's an absolute lunatic, but I mean, he got beat like Michael J. White, didn't he people, it's, it's a movie, people get beat. You know, even yeah. the best get beat and get killed. It just, even Arnie has been taken out a few times, hasn't he? So I, I,
3: I, like I say, because you're not using actual stuntmen, you're taking People who you know probably dedicated their life to martial arts, you know, and and these proper fighters, they probably just were struggling to wrap their head around the concept of a movie and make believe.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and, uh, yeah, and we've talked, haven't we, about Stallone and even Arnie. I've just said about Arnie, you know, but you, you look at Arnie, Bruce Willis. I think Stallone was one of the worst. I know now. He's a really humble, nice guy. Like, you what? I've followed him a lot on Instagram, and when I've seen him talk, it's not all for show. He genuinely is a good guy. But when he was younger, Dave, you know the stories. He was a fucking arse. Even Dolph Lundgren says when they were doing Rocky, didn't they? They trained together, and he'd be like, he was his boss. At the end of the day, Stallone was his boss. And, yeah. and, and the ego of Stallone's characters in these movies, he never wanted to be, never wanted to lose, did he, on anything? So, so. He kept
3: threatening to fire him, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: exactly, <laughs> exactly, yeah. So so he's like, and Stallone was notorious for stuff like that, Dave. I don't think Arnie was per se, but obviously Arnie had the physique and that, but Stallone always had an inferiority complex because of his height and stuff, didn't he? So they always used to say he was a proper... Ah and you've heard it with Van Damme and that when Van Damme was at the peak of his skills he would always know the guys he's fighting with choreography and that but it was always a case of the good guy he, he had things written in his contracts that they can't look weak in their characters and that's why you got this proper macho shit and obviously as years have gone on it's become a little bit more grounded and Arnie and Stallone will take themselves up maybe I'm probably thinking too much into two people we never ever see again after this movie probably Dave but yeah I just <laughs> think it's quite interesting. <laughs> that 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 happened and and that is just ridiculous because it's like but you could have a woman come in and kick the shit out of a bloke who's six foot eight in a movie i'm not saying she's good in real life Dave, before everyone goes after me but aesthetically you'd be thinking oh the guy's going to say but that's a movie that's what it's about it's yeah. it's you've seen it so many times when you get kids movies and the kids lever people you got the gangsters chasing look at home alone Kevin had get fucking mole by two burglars, Dave, in real life. But for the whole one's a great movie because it slaps. dig he would, wouldn't it?
3: That's just. <laughs> I thought, you thought when you were saying about the woman, I thought you were going to go down a Cynthia Rothrock uh, <laughs> rabbit hole. Then, hey, Dave, <laughs> we've both been on a YouTube channel recently. Oh, <laughs> word! She's yeah, she's aged well, hasn't she?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> amazing day with me
3: yeah all right let's move on he's a bit saucy that channel <laughs> it is
2: i sent it to max i think max got a fucking bad arm from what he was yeah. saying
3: but anyway <laughs> sorry max so anyway we end up with um so so as you said you know it's a little bit weak isn't it but you know uh Punisher's hobo mate convinces him you know to to help you know and that's when you end up with this team up with Franco and the Punisher so they raid the whole you know the Yakuza headquarters take them down but then uh, Franco ends up betraying the Punisher but Castle ends up you know killing him off and then you get Franco's son you know could potentially shoot him uh but he decides not to you know but uh obviously that's gonna be something that would be there for the sequel if there ever was one Chris but uh because this was such a flop uh I I think Dolph Lundgren had no intention at all of reprising the role so yeah I mean we we pretty much you know police turn up no trace of the punisher whatsoever and he just sort of disappears off into the shadows he does, Dave, and he and he, he's gonna serve his own brand of justice, Dave. As the film finishes, off. <laughs> you, you know. Actually, one other little tidbit, you know, that whole monologue, which I absolutely love, it's it's the opening for the Biohazard uh, uh, music track. That come on, God, answer me for years. Yeah. I am asking you why he wrote that.
1: So, I in the it? script,
3: there was no actual monologue at all. So, Dolph Runger and actually wrote those those words, and I yeah, think that's great. I do, to be honest. He's quite, I, And I've heard them words before, Dave, even
2: though I've never seen the film. So, yeah, that's quite interesting, that. He's a clever guy, though, isn't he? Yeah. He,
1: a, yeah, he is. Yeah.
2: A, like you say, he's an engineer. He's a clever guy. Just a shame he didn't fucking stay clear to this turkey, Dave. But anyway.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think there's there's a lot of love for this one. Yes, But I, is. I think, um, yeah, Punisher's one of those movies. I, I think he was just kind of around the right, time in the 80s and you know even the movies that came after i i don't think it because new york in particular was was so bloody gritty in a dangerous place you've got you mentioned death wish before you know that kind of really comes to mind, doesn't it, with this kind of anti-hero, because in real life people are just pissed off and they just want to see a bit of fucking fascist justice. <laughs> you know, just yeah. someone take law into their own hands and uh, decimate the uh, the bad guys. So, I think that's why, you know, this could have been a really great movie and, and made quite a lot, but I mean, it didn't get a box office, it didn't get a theatrical release, sorry, in the US. So, I mean, straight off the bat, you 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 know, handicapping yourself about how successful it's going to be.
2: Yeah, it's mad that, isn't it, Dave, as well? Because you'd think they would have got it out there as a B-movie at least, but very bizarre. And it would have made more, probably, Dave, because it was filmed in South Africa. Was it Australia and stuff? Australia, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Strange, very strange. But I guess this was, you know, this was before the culture. You know, so now, and, and you mentioned about Scott Adkins, you know, His movies are generally straight to video or straight to DVD, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Whereas I think back then it was just like they'd make the movie and then if no one picks it up, it's like, all right, then I guess we'll release it on video. You know, it's more like a reactive thing, whereas now I think they, they make them to be straight to DVD.
2: Yeah, and I think I think you're touching on something there, Dave. A lot of them now are straight to stream because a lot of Scott Adkins stuff is Netflix. This would have been the same, wouldn't it, now? We're in a different world. DVD sales are on the backside, aren't they? Blu-ray and that, really. So, Yeah. yeah. I see it's an easy way to get more exposure on shit movies i mean i'd say i said this on the vhs i've just watched Deck Collectors and Deck collectors which scott adkins wasn't happy with dave because he said it's not fucking alien he said they called it you know you got alien and aliens he said because they were massive franchises but people were saying to him we've wa- i've watched debt collectors, and he's like no there's <laughs> two of them these deck collectors he's got an s at the end he wanted it changing so uh yeah Interesting, really interesting. But the the fact that it'll go on a streaming service and people will watch it gets you far more exposure than what they deserve a lot of these
3: movies. Oh, I'll tell you what, I watched um, Ninja, Shadow of a Tear the other day. Brilliant, brilliant movie. Just for pure action and martial arts, I, I, it's fantastic. You need to watch that one. I am. I'm, I'm
2: definitely going to watch it. And again, Dave, we are both Scott Adkins fanboys now, aren't we? So, uh, yeah, I'll be on that one
3: yeah yeah same age as me um i think we think we've aged quite similarly myself (laughs) (laughs) you know dave i'm younger he looks fucking better than me as well so yeah you're right about that he does look amazing but uh but anyway chris back back to Dolph and uh and the punisher should we get into our final review
0: let's go hello everyone this is tony farina with dc comics news fantastic you I want to invite you to join me every Friday on the feeds of Comics in Motion, where I will be joined by excellent guests to do a deep dive in an indie comic from a company other than the big two. Sometimes I'm joined by the creators themselves, and other times I'm joined by my geek friends who love to talk about all things comics. Either way, you'll have a great time hearing about some books you may have missed. Please join me on indie comic spotlight every Friday on Comics in Motion.
1: Do you love Marvel and DC Comics? or maybe you just love the blockbuster movies and are thinking of dipping your toe into the comic book world. Whether you're an aficionado or a newcomer, we've got a show that'll give you that insight into the world of the big two. Hi! My name is Max Byrne and I'd like to let you all know about a brand new show coming very soon to the Comics in Motion Network. Mandatory Marvel and DC is a show that takes a sideways look at the biggest of the big. Those essential comic book classics from Marvel and DC. Join me and very special guests every week as we take a walk down memory lane and revisit those iconic graphic novels and story arcs that have crossed over into the mainstream. From Civil War to the Dark Knight returns old man logan to kingdom come if it's not huge it's not going to get in and if you want to know the difference between a dark phoenix and a red sun then why not join us very soon and let's all have some fun together mandatory marvel and dc the show that every comic book fan should be a part of coming very soon to comics in motion
3: Now, Chris, quiz. Chris, <laughs> Chris, Chris, <yes. laughs> what do you weckon to this movie? <laughs> oh, well, like Jonathan Ross. <laughs> well,
2: David, um, you no, know, I, I, it's not, look, I'm, I'm getting called out at the moment for saying things <laughs> are the worst thing I've ever seen. You self included, Dave, <laughs> after the fucking uh, absolute disgrace that our good friends on the Predator Minute podcast made us watching Ninja 3, The Domination, <laughs> um, And I said it in my famous line, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. So it's not this. It's just very slow, very boring. When Dolph Lundgren has got to deliver his lines and deliver that sort of extra bit of dialogue so that we don't feel that a set piece is coming and it doesn't feel like we're just filling the gaps and wasting time in the movie. He just doesn't deliver it. There's so many things wrong with the fight choreography, the aesthetics, the actual continuity of the people who he's fighting against are so fucking small. It's ridiculous. It just does not even look like a a challenge for Frank. It's just pretty shit, really. It's something... If you want to watch it great, I can understand why people love it, Dave. And I'm sure does Scott Weatherly like this one, Dave? I'm sure Scott said he has fondnesses. I could be wrong. I would but,
3: imagine so, yeah. yeah I, I don't know I, if he loves it, but I, I would if I was a hazard a guess, I would have said Scott would like this one.
2: Yeah, I think I, I could be wrong, Scott. So if you're listening, apologies. But I will say, Dave, at the end of the day, I have fuck all that I can really slag this off when I love the No Shit, No Surrender trilogy. <laughs> so that'll always be the forebearer to everybody of like, Chris, what the hell are you doing loving that series? So I'm going to send it, Dave to hell's kitchen i don't think it's the worst thing i've ever seen it's definitely watchable i just thought it was boring so yeah i'm glad we've done it and i'm glad that i finally put that ghost to rest of seeing that vhs cover for years and years and never actually watching it so yeah it is what it is dave It's, it's there it's part of the mcu as such i suppose and as a forefather and brings on what we got years later so what about yourself
3: yeah, so I have a bit of a soft spot for this one. Like I say, at the time, I was well hyped for this movie coming out. I think I quite enjoyed it. You know, it was something that was a little bit different to any other kind of comic book movies that I'd seen at the time. Obviously, the Superman movies, the Batman movie that came out the same year. I'd have only watched this in, in 90, though, uh, on the video. So I just think it, it was a good, solid um, idea that just didn't really come off on the screen. I I think, you know, we've watched other late eighties movies and and they're not quite as slow as this. And I always say, you know, if, if if a movie really goes for it, then there's, there's an endearment towards that, that movie for me, you know, I kind of think, okay, it didn't come off, but, but I can see what you were going for and you've absolutely gone for it. Um, Oh, what was it I watched the other day? It was, it was after we did the movie chef interview. The uh, interview, the quiz. Um, Hell comes to Frog Town. By God, Chris, you are going to hate that, <laughs> but I loved it <laughs> because it is such a bad, you know, it's this dystopian future with Rowdy Roddy Piper. Uh, it's honestly, it's fucking horrendous, but it just absolutely went for it, and you know, you just can't help but but like it i'm sure you won't mind but <laughs> you know, i think I, I think i like it when a movie does that with this one it is a little bit by the numbers you know i think the the dna the ideas of you know kind of frank castle you know going against the mob but then having to team up you know it's like the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of idea i think you know playing around with that with a guy like Frank Castle, and then getting double crossed, I think there's the DNA of it is quite good. I like the look of Dolph Lundgren. I think it as the Punisher, but then I, I just don't fully buy him. And certainly the accent it just throws you off a bit because you know Frank is a is an American character. So, and I mentioned about the the music as well. I, I quite like some of the the move, uh, music that came out of this. I will have to say though, it's it's not held up fantastically well. I was hoping for a little bit more than than what I got, and I think you know it's it's not that fondly remembered by that many people. Just quite simply because it's not that good i know there are going to be some people who absolutely love this um i'm sure kev from we see the world in band-aid arts i'm I'm sure kev probably loves this but for me i think this is a hell's kitchen i don't think it's it's not terrible i think some of the action scenes are decent um but it just does plod along and, and it just doesn't really grab you it doesn't really suck you into that world and so uh yeah it's 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 not a great one for me, Chris.
2: Yeah, it's a shame, really, isn't it, Dave? Because it has all the things you think we'd love and it just doesn't deliver. And, and, yeah, it is what it is. And I'm sure at some point we'll go back on some of the other Punisher movies that come after this and see how good they are. Because I know one of them, especially which I've never seen, everyone sort of raves about, don't they? Like I don't know which one it is, but they always say like the violence and that is just next level. It's more closer to the John Berthnell TV series that we got a couple of years ago
1: yeah
3: yeah yeah no I think that I think they are good um but again I've not seen those for a few years as well so we'll have to go back to that I think I think the I think the Thomas Jane one um was not great I think I think that might be about the same as this level but it's Punisher Warzone Zone uh, that I quite liked and uh was it Ray Stevens I think was in another one as well Seem to remember quite enjoying that, and that, that was quite violent as well. So, but we'll see, we'll get to that one day, Chris. Oh, nice one, nice one, Dave. So, guys, if
2: you want to contact the show at Comics in Motion P on Twitter, if you want to email us the Comics in Motion podcast at comicsemotionpodcast.gmail.com, And as always, we've got loads of shows on the feed now. Get over there, have a look. These different things will tickle your fancy, and I'm sure there's something you're going to like if you want to uh,
3: listen to someone else other than myself and Dave, who do the TV and movie reviews awesome now chris for next week it's going to be thanksgiving and we are going to go back and we're going to look at the first spider-man of the sam raimi trilogy starring toby Maguire. and i think we should just listen to the trailer
0: who am i you sure you want to know if somebody told you i was just your average ordinary guy not a care in the world
2: somebody lied Truth is, it wasn't always like this. It was a time when life was a lot less complicated. Can I take your picture for the school paper? Sure.
0: In this lab, we have 15 genetically enhanced super spiders.
1: There's 14. One's missing.
2: Peter? Are you
1: alright? I'm fine. Pete, look, you're changing. I know, I would do exactly the same thing at your age.
2: No, not exactly.
0: Wow.
1: Peter, may I introduce my father, Norman Osborne?
2: Great honor to meet you, sir. Harry tells me you're quite the science whiz. You know, I'm something of a scientist myself. <laughs>
1: Whatever it is, somebody has to stop it. With great power comes great responsibility. This is my gift. Wow. It is my curse. Who are you? Who am I?
0: I'm Spider-Man.
1: Do I get to say thank you this time? do too much. You're not Superman, you know.
3: Now, Chris, how would everyone get in contact? No, I was going to wind you up and say how would everyone get in contact with us? (laughs) Dave... I was actually listening to you this time.
2: (laughs) I'm sending you to Asgard uh, not to Asgard no to doing yeah anyway <laughs> oh, yeah. you doing the VHS intro for the comics Dave a few weeks ago that's the best ever that I love oh yeah that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no Chris I, I'm not gonna say how you're gonna finish it off because I think to finish this one off there's a little monologue that Dolph, Dolph Lundgren does and he wrote and I think we should finish off with that
1: Come on, God. Answer me. It's years I'm asking you why. Why are the innocent dead and the guilty alive? Where is justice? Where is punishment? Or have you already answered? Have you already said to the world, here is justice. Here is punishment. Here.
3: adventure. Xavier. do fuck yourself.
0: What in the
1: act Tell me something, my friend. Ever dance with the devil in the pale of light? What? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound. Let's not stand on
0: ceremony here, Mr. Wayne. Would you care to step outside?
1: Come to me, son of Jerome! Kneel before Zod why so serious let's put a smile on that face i am Iron Man. i'm batman hey hey, hey. hey.